Welcome to the Upper Deckers Podcast. I'm Drew here with Derek and Matt at, where are we? Glass half full. Glass half full. We just come off of a freaking third place finish. Ugh. <sighs> and geeks who drink trivia. Rumble, um, rumble in the pub style too. Yeah, I mean, I think. My shoulder's killing me. Why? Oh, From trivia? Yeah. Got tri- it's got trivia shoulder. Trivia shoulder. That, that happened on the left, too. It doesn't even make sense. Tonight on the podcast, uh, we will give you our college football preview. We'll talk about nursing home occupancy. Real touchy subject there. Yep. Um, Matt took a tour across Texas, so we're going to hear how his, uh, how his trip went. Um, but to start things off, let's get into the news. Derek. So, in the news this week... Did you guys see the? Uh, did you guys see the video of it? Of uh, what? You know what I'm talking about. Don't don't play don't play radio right now. The the the, the punching. punching. He didn't even do it on purpose. But uh, oh, the kid. I forget where where exactly was it. I don't know. He's at a museum. There's a about a million and a half. I think is the million uh, and a half. Million and a half dollar uh, painting is the value, and the kid tripped, and there's no glass covering on it, and his uh, his fist went right through the painting. <laughs> Taipei. Is it Taipei? Yeah. So do you have to pay for that? Seventeenth century painting. Yeah. I don't so, know how the like, old kid looks. I don't know. Is that eight. like a break it you buy it kind of 12, thing? He was twelve years old. He's twelve. There's no way he, they're making him buy it. No, I, I think they they chalked it up to an accident. I mean, it's pretty clear. You see the video. He's just walking and he just sort of trips and fell. And his fist goes right through it. But okay, what if it wasn't a kid? What if it was me that did that? Nice, Matt. I'm trying to watch the video. <laughs> what is you? It's still be. I mean, had they seen you like horsing around? Yeah, they might. Well, still, you oh can't. Oh my god! Let's see it. But the kid just totally trips. No one pushes him. He's not. Me- he's not messing around. He's seriously walking. Stumbles. And he's trying to just catch himself and puts his fist right through the painting. And spilled his drink on it. He, sp- he spilled his drink on it, didn't he? <laughs> Here he goes. He's walking you along. And then sure he just trips. Dude, he just put his freaking fist through it. <laughs> yeah. That's what she said. Dude, he just put his... Yeah, I guess she could have said Yeah, that. I guess she said it once. <laughs> once. That's all. Yeah, that's, ne- that's all. Never again. <laughs> she never said it again. <laughs> Also in the news this week is... Are we good with that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also in the news this week... Uh, actually, I guess it's not necessarily this week, but since the last time we, we recorded, uh, we found out that uh, Sesame Street is moving to HBO. So HBO gets another uh, major program. In my mind, I mean, Sesame Street's pretty big among the, among the children's. Um, it's a little well, how, how many more uh, subscribers is that for HBO? I mean, I, yeah, I wonder. I wonder how many families are going to subscribe to HBO so that their kids can watch Sesame Street. Well, it's a, I, I don't think it's that still many. What though? But PBS is going to have it five months later. Yeah, I think it's five or six months later. So HBO will get the first run, and then it'll just be syndicated six months, five months later on, five. on PBS. So does that mean that PBS is not going to carry it for five months? No, I think they'll just run reruns. Okay. But yeah, essentially yes, they will not have new episodes for five okay. months. But then once after that five month period, it'll kind of just be—it'll be new episodes. They'll just 
start. They're just a six-month backlog. Right. Okay. So um, that, that's pretty interesting. I, I don't think that more well, families will subscribe. It, they had to do it. Why? Because they couldn't get the funding from PBS. So HBO clearly is paying for them to do it. Yep. So they're able to actually meet the cost they need, they uh, require to produce the show. And, but and, and it's only 30 minutes now, right? I did not I read something like so. that. Yeah, it's 30 yeah. minutes as opposed to an hour. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, what else is HBO going to run on weekday mornings? I don't know. Uh, the th- movie The Town? That's the other thing. Um, I know that there's an HBO, like, kids channel. Yeah. Is it going to be on HBO Kids or is it actually going to be on HBO? I don't know. Okay. It's a little I, they upsetting might, They might not have worked all that out yet. Because PBS clearly is a basic uh, cable channel and it... Not even cable. Well, I mean, I know. I forget. What do you call it, though? I guess it's network. a... Network. Over-the-air network. Yeah, it's a network. But it's, it's, a free... A, it's a free channel, and now these kids who that was one of the only shows that they could watch are going to be deprived of the new episodes. But do the kids... Okay, months. so, but do, do the kids really know when there's a new episode and when there's a repeat? And and the other other part of that is, do they care? How many times? How many kids do you know that like to watch the same thing over and over? And uh, over that's a good point. Yeah. And over. Yeah, they do love it. You are right. So, I've seen Frozen. I don't know how many times. Five. With what kid? I've never seen Frozen. No, I, mm. I would believe you just seen Frozen, but you just watched it by yourself. I didn't want to admit to that, but that's what happened. Okay. I've never seen Frozen and have no interest. I've Only seen Frozen, once. it's pretty good. I've seen Frozen one but time. I, but I myself. know the song. Let How's it go. Let it go. It's by Adela Dazim. She was right? on The Tonight Show. That's what John Travolta called her, at least. True. Let's bring it down now for our final story of In the News. Um, tragedy. Big tragedy for uh, Virginia journalist. Roanoke. Yeah, WDB, WDBJ7. Uh, horrible tragedy. It's an ABC affiliate? I, I believe it's an NBC affiliate. No, it's an ABC affiliate. ABC. Um, an ex-employee uh, who had gotten fired a, a few years prior went by the code name Bryce Williams. Uh, his real name, Vester Flanagan. Uh, tracked down these two reporters, a cameraman and a uh, on-screen reporter and basically just gunned them down uh, and one of the people they were interviewing an older lady I don't remember her name she she she, lived. Su- she survived she had surgery same day she looks like she's gonna make it uh, the reporter and the cameraman did not and there's three videos out like three just chilling videos uh, the first one was because it was on air like they were reporting live yeah. and, 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 and the cameraman came by and he just he was fixed on the reporter and, and, and the interviewee and then all of a sudden these shots were fired and you just see the cameraman go down and the camera stops because it hit the ground and it pans up and you like see a guy holding a gun and it just kind of, it's just really freaky. That's the, that was the freakiest part to me. Yeah. And you see that photo. Yeah. Like the, the still, still photo of this guy, the gunman, like right after he just killed this guy. Now this weirdo also filmed. He also looked white. In that L- yeah, let right. me make let me make note of the fact that this was not like a heavy hitting story. They weren't in a rough part of town. No, they were not. This was this was a, a freaking fluff piece. Yeah, oh, it was. For sure. it was yeah, it's the it morning news. Absolutely. And, right. Yeah, that and it was also just about tourism coming back to this lake area. Yeah, which they, is the lady they were interviewing was kind of like the head of tourism for that area. Yeah, it's Bridgewater Plaza. It was not Teddy. 
but uh, Bridgewater Plaza, and they, they had just like redone a bunch of stuff. Uh, but there's one of the, the videos that I saw after that was the gunman filmed himself walking up on these yeah, guys. Yeah, he had two videos. And then he stopped right before he opened fire. And then another, they showed the rest of the video, uh, or continuation of it, I guess. And it's him, like, waiting for the cameraman. Because he's cameraman was doing a pan. Yeah, of, that was the creepiest. Yeah. Well, that was the weird part cameraman me, was I doing watched. a pan of the... Of like the whole area where these guys are gonna tour, and then he gets it, and the ca- the gunman's standing there with his gun out and waits for the cameraman to get back, so that people, the the reporter and interviewee are in screen, and then as soon as they get back in screen, he opens fire. He, he fires three shots. The reporter ran away. The cameraman fell down, or dropped down, and then he shoots the cameraman, and then fired another, I think, two shots and hit. That's when he hit the the. The interviewee, and yeah, it was just like it was ridiculous. That was the weird part, because the first video I'm sure most people watched because it was out before the gunman released his videos. Yeah, was of the actual newscast, and then you go back and watch the gunman's video, and you're like, I remember seeing that part. I remember him moving and, and panning. And yeah, then there's I no remember, question about the story. We know exactly yeah, frame for I frame what the, happened. The woman, you know. The, her getting shot like that's one of the last reactions you see from the actual the, the cameraman who uh, for the news station is the woman was shot kind of in the side it looked like and she grabbed and you see she ran away screaming but then you see him do all that and it's you basically pretty- on camera see the gunman kill the cameraman because the camera's right there and the gunman's right or the cameraman's right behind him obviously on the ground and he's just he's pointing the still is him pointing the gun at the cameraman so to me, the freakiest part of all of this is not necessarily the videos themselves, but the fact that the guy, while he was on the loose, was the one that distributed the videos. Yeah, like, absolutely. He's obviously a sick individual. And then later on, uh, he ended up dying from uh, self-inflicted gun wounds. So, uh, so like, he, he's sitting there driving away from the scene, tweeting these videos out, right? A couple yeah. other tweets. Yeah, right. he, he commented on it, too, about but the how thing, Allison was a racist and how this which, other guy... Apparently, this guy was nuts. Well, and, he was. And he did file all kinds of stuff. That's how you know he's nuts, because he didn't even work with those people. He was huh. fired in, like, 2013. He was fired two years ago. Well, and, they were both interns then. Were they interns then? Yeah. Okay, so I guess he did have some. But he never really. You're right. He never really like worked with them because she was only 24. Yeah. So in 2013, she was still in school at that time. And he was he was the guy that the guy the accused gunman. Obviously, we don't know the whole story yet. But the accused gunman, uh, innocent till proven guilty or dead, whatever. uh, The accused gunman uh, said that he worked with a cameraman one time. And the cameraman, I can't remember the cameraman's name, something, uh, what is his name, Cam, something. Anyway, he, like, called HR or something on on that Vester Flanagan guy. Uh, but yeah, apparently if, if all that's of the... Re- true. Yeah, right? Apparently the station had told all reporters and everybody that worked there that if they saw this guy, to immediately call 911. Because apparently he was a risk, and they've known that. And so yeah. I don't know what brought this on all of a sudden for it to happen well, this week. His manifesto. Or, well, but that's a, that's, that's, that's I heard a about lot his manifesto, though, but they haven't had me. anything out about it, have they? Well, no. Then the manifesto, I guess, he was said he was inspired by the Virginia Tech guy and by the. And then, the no, 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 he was not inspired. No. by he. This was a retaliation for the Charleston. This, the, yes. 
He, Which, had, he had the initials of the Charleston. He said that's what put him over the top. He said yeah, he was like this a guy's, time bomb. Yeah, he's clearly insane. But. This guy's and he's full of shit too. Like it's, uh, I think that I think that all of that is just like this grandiose uh, play that he's putting on. When in, in reality, he's just a nutso asshole who decided that it was okay to go shoot people. I mean. Obviously, what went into this took a lot of time and effort to think through, and it, it I mean, it's just... Well, my thing is, how did he know they were going to be there? Yeah, that... I don't know. Well, how many, how many times do, um, like, people on the news tweet, I guess it was a tweet out, we're going to be out at so-and-so doing a story on this? Yeah, but is, how do you know what time, and you know what I mean? Yeah, it was know. a live spot. Maybe earlier in the news they had teased it. Could be, but I mean, how does he get? How does he immediately go? Oh, that's where it is. I'm going right now. No man. I don't know how big is Rona. That's why is this, this pisses me off when this pisses me off when like stuff like this happens, and then the person who commits the crime is, ends up being dead. Is we can't figure out any of this stuff that's, like, because maybe some of this stuff can be prevented later on. And you know what? You know what's weird? I was watching the news this morning, and. The United States has called in the 911 or has had 247 mass shootings this year. Now, a mass shooting is classified as any shooting of four or more people. They don't have to die. They don't have to die. There's just a, a shooting occurred. Yeah. And it's four or more people. There's been 247 this year. It's one a day. And there's only been 200, and this is the 240th day. Yep. It's about one a day. But we only hear about certain ones. Of course. Yeah, that was the other thing that I think I heard someone say. Is you would never have heard of this had it not happened on live TV. And also had the guy not posted the video. Oh, of course, yeah. That was just a, you know, uh, those two people had, were, it wasn't a live spot. They, they were, were jogging like, in the park. Well, no, no, or... had it even been journalists, but it wasn't the live spot. And they were just recording, you know. Her, her story that day. It was going to, yeah. you know, they're going to come B, back. Getting B roll. They're going to come back and edit, and this guy comes up and shoots them. You probably wouldn't have heard of it. Mm-hmm. Because that video obviously never would have seen the light yeah, of Yeah, or you, I mean, we might have heard of it, but it may not have been. You're right, wouldn't have been, We wouldn't this. have been talking about it right now. Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. And what I'm scared of is that. Cause Copycats? The, well, the, I don't know about that, but the three of us, I mean, we all studied journalism or a form of it, right? Mm hmm. And I worked for a newspaper for a while, and I've done, you know, some of this video stories, and I've done some stories on scene, and some pretty weird stuff. Like, I've done some pretty hard-hitting stories, and I've been a cameraman for some of those things. And I hope what journalists don't do is change the way they broadcast news based on this scenario. I think the copycats more not in the going and killing journalists. But of the taking video now. Yeah, absolutely. That's and what I was talking about. Yourself, or like the, that periscope is now a thing where like you just video and it's live. Like I'm guarantee within the next year there'll be a periscope murder. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and you know, there was there's an, a lot of really sad threads in this, including the fact that um, both the cameraman and the reporter were engaged to be married to their significant uh, other. The reporter, the reporter was wasn't. They were they had a hidden relationship. That's right. They that's see. Right. That, I guess her her boyfriend said you know, we wanted to be married, but that was okay. Well then, the okay, fine. The cameraman and and but they'd been together for nine months. So yeah. and and the thing the other thing with the cameraman was 
that his fiance right? is a producer and was at the station watching it when it happened. Oh, and it was her last day. They were about to move. They were about right. to. They, they, she had just gotten a job, and he was going to go with her. Yeah. That I mean, I read that today, and I was like, "Good lord." Yeah. So you know, there's, I don't know, there's copycats all the time, and 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 it's just uh, something that. And, and I'll, give, I'll and, give them props. I watched like the three minutes before, and then like the three or four minutes after of their like news presentation, and I thought they handled it very well on camera, like the the anchor, because she obviously was like, uh, she she even said, not sure what just happened there, uh, but we will certainly keep you involved with whatever, and then just goes straight back to news. All right, keeps because that would have just caused a complete ridiculous upstir. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think it was good they got all their information and they presented it like it was news, even though it happened to them in house. I thought they did a very commendable job with that. Yeah. Well, very sad. Um, so let's shift gears after this to something that makes us all a little bit happier, and that is that college football is right around the corner. Yep. We'll give you our preview next on the Upper Deckers podcast. Stay with us. I think they're going to play on Saturdays. I turn on Sesame Street. I say, oh, whew, Sesame Street. This is much better because now he'll learn how to count and spell. But now I'm watching it as an adult and I realize Sesame Street teaches kids other things. It teaches kids how to judge people and label people. That's right. They got a character on there named Oscar. They treat this guy like shit the entire show. They judge him right in his face. Oscar, you are so mean. Isn't he, kids? Yeah, Oscar. You're a grouch. It's like, bitch, I live in a fucking trash can. I'm the poorest motherfucker on Sesame Street. Nobody's helping me. Then you wonder why your kids grow up and step over homeless people. Get it together, grouch. Get a job, grouch. So don't even tell me how to get to Sesame Street. That is a terrible place. I wouldn't go there if I knew the way. <laughs> Who would want to live in a neighborhood like that? Fucking six-foot pigeons walking around. <laughs> an elephant that's a junkie. Hyper. Yeah, that's right, Snuffy. Hi, bird, I'm sick. I need some smack bird. And Cookie Monster with his eyes popping out his head, screaming, Cookie, 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 like, ugh. What kind of cookies are you talking about? Chocolate chips don't do that to people. Innocent, in a trance, and dance that lasted for a while. Welcome back to the Upper Deckers podcast. Uh, I'm Drew here with Matt and Derek, uh, recording from the Glass Half Full Tap Room at Alamo Draft House. We just lost at trivia we got third place um but that's okay because we had a good time didn't we that's true second place is the first loser and third place sucks so um (laughs) uh don't forget to follow us on twitter at upper deckers pod uh email us upper deckers pod at gmail.com and keep an eye out for our first mini pod um, that will be coming out uh, around the same time that this podcast um, is posted. Um, that mini pod is actually uh, in relation to our next topic, which is 
college football. We are exactly one week away from the beginning of the college football season. Uh, next Thursday, September 3rd, we will have a handful of games, including one that I'm very interested in, and that's the TCU-Minnesota game. But beyond that, uh, how excited are you guys for the college football season? I'm just excited the football in general is back. I'm more of an NFL guy myself, but... Um, I prefer high school. But... <laughs> like, just being in high school or, like, high school I thought, football? I thought that that's what we were talking about. Is... Those girls stay the same age? Yeah, and I always get younger, so... What? That's impressive. Are you... Wait, like... Like Hi, Benjamin ben. Button? Hi, I'm Ben. But Benjamin, Benjamin Button didn't get younger. It's like his body got younger. His eight. Aging, I don't know. <laughs> I'm really confused right now. Let's go back to football. Yeah, yeah. So, no, you're actually very excited about football. Uh, I think this is the most excited I've been for a football season, like college pro mixed together in a long time. Maybe it's because of the Cowboy hype. Uh, Possibly. It is may- for sure the Cowboy hype. We may- can talk about that next podcast. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's because of, uh, uh, you know, the Notre Dame hype, too, being in the top 15. I don't know. They're not in the top 15. A few years ago, but Brian Kelly is doing a great thing. I just had I just had this thought. Um, we're, we we can always. TCU. I don't know that we. I don't know that we recapped last year at all. Um, thoughts on the first year of the college football playoff? Yeah, did I win that? Did I get three out of four? I don't recall. I think I get bonus points because Arizona State almost did it. Yeah, and then they beat Notre Dame to almost do it too. Yeah, uh, but I, I think I Oregon, Alabama. And Ohio State, right? Mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was interesting. I think it made for a lot more um, a dynamic and interesting uh, postseason for sure. I think, I think everyone agrees. It's a yeah. step in the right direction. Is it not? It's not all the way there, but it was a step in the right direction. It's obviously better than two teams. We got four teams. Well, yeah. you think about it. Four teams clearly still isn't enough, but it's better than two. Who was your one and two going into the, the end of the season last year? Mine? No, no. I'm saying, and if we just went by the the BCS standings, or if we just go by the college football playoff, who did they have ranked as one and two? Uh, Florida State and and Alabama. Alabama, which were the two teams that lost. So clearly, exactly. So they, they did didn't it right. Have it right. Yeah. yeah. But like, like you're saying, okay. Well, if that's the case, then is there any way that five, six, seven, or eight might have been better than one of those teams? You know, and that's always going to be there. Right. And I want to order cookies. Where'd Andy go? Okay, so that being said, uh, we're going into the second year of the college football playoff. I think everybody has a much better idea of kind of what to expect. Last year was kind of like a week-to-week, like, uh, what's going on here? Um, let's start off with players and teams to watch that you're, uh, you're interested in. Maybe those players that are outside of, like, the Heisman race or whatever, outside of those glamour positions. Uh, I think, well... We want to talk about the players first. We want to talk about games. Or, I mean, teams. Either one. I'm excited. I know Matt will hate me for this, but I'm excited to see Michigan play. Uh, just because Harbaugh's back in the in the college ranks, and he did really good work with Stanford. And Michigan's been terrible for the last few years. So it'll be exciting. Do I think they're going to be great? No, but I, I fully expect them to go 8-4. Now, I actually don't tell anyone this, but I actually agree with you. Really? Hmm. I'm excited for Harbaugh. I just think he's a really yeah. good coach. I am too. I like John. He's What's a his name? Jim he, Harbaugh. He's an a-hole, which is why he's not in San Francisco anymore. Because he is a college coach. He's a guy who needs players 
who come there and are there for four years or less yeah. and then don't have to put up with this crap anymore. Yeah, he, he's, But he's, he's going to get Michigan, not this year, but give, give him a two or three, sorry, three or four seasons, and they'll be back to compete. Give, give, him, give him two recruiting classes. Yeah. I would say that maybe they're involved with two out of my top four or five games of the year, I feel Michigan, like. Just because, really? just because I'm interested to see what, how they respond to his coaching. Like sure. Michigan-Ohio State, I'm going to be ready for that. You, you know what? Big big news on the Michigan uniform. Uh, they're getting rid of the M on their pants. Really? So it's the first time they're going to play without the Michigan M logo on their they pants. They have to earn that M. Since 1993. They've got to earn it. Yeah, they probably do. Um, I'll tell you um, early season games that I'm. Uh, I'm gonna switch to games a little bit if that's all right. We can kind of oh, bounce we're around. We're excited with, about. What we we can kind of bounce around with players and stuff, but I'm. I'm really excited about. Um, and this is maybe a little bit of a, uh, not necessarily Homer pick in this, but I'm. I'm interested to see the Oklahoma Tennessee game early in the season. Tennessee, although they have a bunch of injuries, they have put together a couple of really good recruiting classes, and I think they might be able to make a let little bit of noise. You, let me in tell you something SEC. about Tennessee. <laughs> they overrated, son. They way overrated. They got new uniforms. Everybody plays good with new uniforms. I'm just telling you. I've watched Tennessee the last three years. They're not as good as the hype. It's a lot of hype. Lane Kiffin destroyed that program. It's a lot of hype. That's all I'm going to say. It's a lot of hype on that team. Okay, but it is it is a an SEC Big 12 game early in the season. Sure, but OU will kill them. Okay. Well, like they have done the last they, they did last year. Okay, but it is on the road. wasn't that great for OU. I, you know, I'm excited to see. I'm excited to see the, the Big Twelve kind of get back into it. You know, because I, I went to school in the Big Twelve. You went to school kind of in the Big Twelve, uh, at least yeah. in the Big Twelve belt. Uh, and Derek went to a school who was previously in the Big Twelve. Right. Uh, and so, I'm I'm excited to see what the Big Twelve's got to offer. Obviously, TCU and Baylor. I think Tech's going to have a, a Texas Tech's going to have a rebound season. I think they're going to play well. I think Oklahoma's better than people will let on. Uh, I also think Oklahoma State's going to be the surprise of the Big 12 this year. But I, I think the Big 12 will, will pack a punch. Because the last couple of years, besides one or two teams, they really haven't made a, you know, a, a big difference. And you'll always recognize the conferences that aren't strong throughout because they'll always put two teams in the top ten. Because... Because two teams are going to dominate the other exactly. weak, weak team. Exactly. And, you know, and Kansas is still going to not win a game, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's keep it that way. Yeah, right? Uh, but I do think I think, I think all the Texas schools uh, will, will do well against each other. Texas, I mean, I don't like them, but I think they're going to have a... I think Charlie Strong's a very good coach, and he's very yep. demanding. Uh, and I think they'll respond to that very quickly. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury's kind of the opposite of that. He's like, you know, Coach Bro. Uh, but I think... The players that Tech has, and he's got a full recruiting class this year, and he knows who his starting quarterback's going to be at the beginning of the year. I think that's going to help. And he's he's pretty. He is very pretty. Yeah, he's very pretty. And Mike Stoops is Mike Stoops. I mean Bob Stoops. Mike Stoops is Bob Stoops. Mike Stoops is in Kentucky. Yeah. Oh yeah, Kentucky changed their logo on their field. They did. Yeah, it's a uh, shorter. So, is it a basketball now? Yeah, it's a it's, <laughs> it's John Calipari actually. Uh, no, it's, it's, it's just a, a picture of John Calipari. Yeah, right. <laughs> Uh, but I'm also excited about, uh, obviously I'm a Notre Dame guy, um, I'm real excited about their game against Clemson October 3rd. Obviously, early in the season they're going to play, the first game of the season they're playing Texas, which is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but October 3rd they go to Clemson. Uh, Clemson's obviously, they play a lot of ACC teams, Notre Dame does. Yeah. And so uh, 
Clemson's going to be a big test for them. It's their biggest road game. So we'll actually find out who they are early in the season. Absolutely. I'm interested in that we saw, you know, some of the the quarterbacks that have sort of dominated the last couple of years are now gone. Jameis and, and Mariota. Yeah. Two of, the, two of the big ones. And, you know, how is Florida State going to respond? You know, Florida State really wasn't – I'm not saying they were bad. They weren't much of anything until Jameis got there. And Jameis, sure. Jameis put them as a national title winner and yeah. then got them to the college football playoff. Yep. They're, you know, they're going to start. Is Florida, is Florida State going to be relevant this year? I don't know. How is Oregon going to do? And now that they really they don't have a Chip Kelly quarterback, you know what's you know, you know what's funny about that, Oregon? They have glow in the dark uniforms this year. It's pretty cool. Sorry no, about the uni- uniform talk. I literally read an article earlier about the eighty new uniforms that are coming out. I think this is an interesting year, though, in that some of the kind of teams that have sort of dominated the last couple of years, seeing them now that it's like a changing of the guard, which happens frequently in college football mm-hmm. but you know that's why it's very obvious Ohio State's number one team uh, they won it last year and they're bringing pretty much everyone back and they've got five Heisman Trophy candidates <laughs> five <laughs> three of them are at quarterback <laughs> correct well yeah didn't and one of them's a former quarterback who's now a receiver true two are quarterbacks one's a receiver no one's you a, still got three quarterbacks one's in there. a running back and then i guess bosa might be considered <laughs> yeah maybe as a dark defensive horse. player he's yeah. probably the best defensive player in college football outside of like him and like scooby yeah or vernon hargraves out of uh, florida that that dude's or a dory jackson that dude's been, like, jackson a, a top five pick since his like freshman year yeah and finally he can be go to the draft after this season <laughs> yeah a, a dory jackson's my sleeper not, you know, non-skill position, the defensive back out of USC. USC's on the comeback trail. Absolutely. Sarca- if Sarkeesian wasn't a drunk idiot, uh, they wouldn't be getting any press this offseason. But uh, I think he's going to do a lot of good things with that program. And they've got Cody they got, Kessler. they got a douchey quarterback. I would so not be surprised. If, they have to, yeah. I would not be surprised if Kessler won the Heisman this year. I wouldn't either. He's my pick to win it. Me too. Yeah. But I do like Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, yes, we're going to throw out all our Heisman picks. Yeah, let's go ahead and do it. Give me Nick Chubb. George, Chubb. Georgia running back? So the, so the last running back to win the Heisman was Ingram, correct? I believe That, that sounds correct. right, 2009. So it's kind of tough. It's been kind of tough for running backs. I mean, okay, so the Heisman used to be this thing that was, like, open to mostly all skill positions. the Georgia running back last year, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so it used to be kind of open to all these positions. And then it kind of wide receivers. <laughs> what? I have a lot of respect for Georgia. They're a good team. Yeah, Bulldogs. Wide receivers don't really, aren't really considered that much for Heisman anymore, and, and really running backs aren't either. It's pretty much a quarterback award at this point. You know Tim Brown won the Heisman? Tim yes. Brown won the Heisman? Yes, I do. You know where he went to school? Oakland Raiders? <laughs> so he was schooled, but he went to Notre Dame. Did you know Woodrow Wilson High School is the first team, our first uh School Sergio to have Kindle. two Heisman Trophy winners? Is it really? Tim Brown and who else? I can't remember. Let me look it up. <laughs> okay, well, they, well, said it, they said it at the Hall of Fame induction. Okay. While, while you're doing that, let's start to talk um, expectations. Maybe maybe that maybe that dark horse team that might be able to um, to come from not the not the best season last year, maybe not as highly ranked um, coming into the season and, and really compete for the for the college football playoff. I think I think USC is maybe in that mold this year. For sure. Yeah, but there's a lot of preseason hype for them. 
So, I don't know how much of a dark horse. Sure, yeah, they didn't have a fantastic season last year, but that'd be like almost saying Notre Dame's a dark horse. You know, they didn't have a great year last year, but everyone seems to pick them. Davey yeah. O'Brien. Oh, wow. Really? I don't really think there's ever a dark horse who comes up and does anything in college football. It's just not a sport. Not recently. That allows the dark horse. Maybe there's a team that's going to exceed all of our expectations and that... Uh, they were terrible last year. They're going to be decent this year, but I don't think anyone's going to be bad last year and make the playoff. Well, okay, so, you know, so what happened close. with TCU then last year? They went from four and eight to just outside the playoff. True, that's like the first time in forever. You Is it really? Because like Auburn the year before that, or two years before that, they're Auburn. That's not that weird. They Is were. It? They had been in the. They won a national title like three years before that. Okay, Game well, okay, so TCU won the Rose Bowl and ended two, three years before that. So it's really not that different. They TCU weren't expected. Is not a blue blood program, sir. Okay, if you, say, if you say so, that's fine. That's fine. No, but it's not if I say so. No, that, that, everyone no, says so. No, I didn't. I, I'm, I'm not arguing that point. All I'm saying is, is that that Auburn team the year before, they won like three or four games. So I don't care. And, and is that's Auburn true. is Auburn really a blue blood when you're winning three or four games? Huh. <laughs> yeah, because they won a national title. And it wasn't that long ago. It was within this century. Okay. And I just don't see anything. I just don't time. see something very, very much different than that. Than like I would consider like a Boise State very similar to an Auburn because the, maybe they didn't win the national championship, but they are in. They ended the season in the top three or four over the, two or three times over the, over the course of four or five years. Okay, so if they if they go from go like a four win season title winners. And there's a pattern. It's generally SEC. a handful of teams. There's not there's not someone who comes up and goes, oh wow, I had they weren't on my radar. Well, yeah, college football is one of those sports that you could say, hey, name the top ten, and if you just were an average fan, yeah. you could probably name six of the top ten exactly. every year. But is that an indication of actually how good those teams are, or is that an indication of biases? No, it's an indication of they're going to be good every year because they stay on top of their program. Yes. Like Nick Saban, as long as he stays at Alabama, is going to be a top three team every preseason. But and that, why that, Alabama, but that, while they might fall down one year, they're going to come right back up. Yeah, you can never, you can never say Alabama's not going to be a favorite. TCU and Baylor are upsetting the balance. Those are two teams that Don't are lump not... those two teams in together, though, because Baylor hasn't had the same success as TCU. Dude, TCU's success is like... In the last decade, maybe. Uh, try since 2000, no. so that's six, 15 years. It's not since 2000. Uh, they were they were on the edge of busting the BCS in the year 2000. Look it up. In the year 2000. Awesome. They were in like the whack at that point. Sorry. Was it, that was that LK? Yeah. You're not considered a blue blood program if you're not in a. Major I didn't say anything conference. about blue blood. That's what we're talking about right now. Yes. You need to stop getting your. Panties in a wad over TCU. I'm not. I, okay. I haven't. I really haven't mentioned TCU that much at all in this conversation. Yeah. No. It's really okay. The example that I gave was a Boise State example. Okay. Anyway, my uh, outside the top ten team who I, who I think is going to uh, make a run at the national championship. Uh, I re- obviously I think Notre Dame is going to do well, um, but I don't really have anybody outside the top ten. I have a low top ten. I think USC is going to have a fantastic year. Mm-hmm. Nobody in the Pac-12 is going to be really that good. 
like Derek said, Oregon's going to struggle to get a quarterback that's not a Chip Kelly guy. Uh, I think USC is going to run away with it. Stanford's good. They're better than they were last year. And Arizona State uh, is a lot better. They've got Nike uniforms now as opposed to Adidas. So they're, or Adidas <laughs> sorry, Adidas as opposed to Nike. Yeah. Oh, so they went the wrong direction. No, they, they, it's actually better for them because they, their logo is actually a lot cooler. Uh, anyway, uh, I think I think Arizona State's going to challenge USC, but I, I still think USC's too good. Uh, Arizona's also going to be good in that conference uh, with, what's his name, Rodriguez. Um, Rich Rod. Rich Rod. Uh, I think he's a great coach. But like we were just talking about, there's certain programs that are just going to win those games. Like game to game, yeah, you might have an Appalachian State knock off a Michigan, but to – have that happen the whole season that's tough uh and, and i think you're not you're only going to see it off of you know kind of the lower schools like the boises and stuff like that you're not like tennessee's not going to come in and be like we're going to make a run to the national championship because they have 14 other sec teams that are ahead of them in the rankings all right who's your heisman winner there's 10 teams yeah i think we already said you guys both said kessler I'm i got kessler you got Chubb. Uh, quarter I, Nick Chubb. Uh, well, I have to go. I have to go different than Drew's. I do like Cody Kessler, uh, but my pick to, to win the whole thing is um, uh, Zico Elliott. Okay. Should have gone to Mizzou. Okay. Right. And um, his parents went to Mizzou. And his dad was an athlete at Mizzou, right? Yeah. Let's go ahead and wrap this thing up with. Um, what does mom do? I think like swimming or something. Pretty athletic. Track. I don't know something. Like Let's go, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up with our final four then. Final four, Kentucky, Duke, Michigan State, Michigan State UCLA. Okay. UCLA is good too. Okay. UCLA go. might make it the final four in football. Oh, you're talking football. Yeah. Now here, I'm going to go against everything I just said. <laughs> I actually think because we've had so much turnover from these last years, that this is the year we see teams that you're not used to seeing All right. get into the Final Four. Okay. I'll pick the one that everyone's going to pick, and that's Ohio State. Give me. I think the Pac-12 is the most competitive conference this year, and I really have no idea who the favorite is, but I'm going to take Arizona. Ooh, all right. I like Scooby Wright. Wait, I'm going to write I these like down. Rich Rod. Go ahead. And there, I forget, Solomon Alabi or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quarterback. yeah. Uh, he was a true freshman, I believe, last year. Maybe a redshirt freshman. Redshirt freshman. And struggled a little at the start, but really got it going at the end of the season. I like that guy coming back. Did you say OSU, Arizona? That's it so far. Oh, okay. I will take Clemson. Ooh. Uh, again, I think... They got a tough ACC, this is, though. This is my thing. I think the ACC... And the Pac-12 are wide open this year. Florida State and Oregon have dominated the last two, two or three. Oregon's dominated for a while. There's your changing of the guard in those two conferences. And I really do. I don't think. I think Florida State got up because of Jameis. Can I can I throw a little point in here real quick? Sure. The last time that an ace before last year, I guess the last couple of years when Florida State, uh, yeah, went undefeated. Before that. It was, I think, twelve years since the uh, since any team in the ACC has lost fewer than two games. Yeah, yeah. The ACC they just is, beat up on each other. 
ACC is generally doesn't have a uh, super strong team, and Florida State was that. I think Clemson has been building to that over the last few years. Yeah. And I think they finally made the breakthrough now that Jameis is out. Watch out for Georgia Tech, though, to be a, a spoiler there. Also, new uniforms. Uh, they went with black over blue on the numbers Good. and extended the uh, stripes as on the As shoulder. you'll notice from my last pick here, you'll see which conference I, I uh, leave out. But I, I agree with you. ACC is the other one I think that's most likely to get left out of, of the uh, Power Five. I will go with Baylor as my final team. I think the SEC gets left out. I don't see anyone in the SEC who's dominant. I think, I'm with you. I think Georgia's the best team. But Georgia has to play Auburn and Alabama as their cross-division games. And they're going to win one of those. Yeah, or they might lose both. I, I don't know. And and likewise, I think Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia are the top three teams in the conference. They all play each other. Yes. Because Georgia, I mean, Auburn and Alabama play each other every year. Uh, Auburn plays Georgia every year. But now this is just the year that Alabama plays Georgia. And so I think those six games, you're going to see – no team's going to come out of that 2-0. No. They're going to beat up on each other. Those teams, Georgia always loses another big game, or not big game, a game you don't expect them to. They might, they might do that again this year. I just don't think Alabama's as good as they have been. They'll trip up. And so I'm taking Baylor. Baylor returns, what, eight of their 11 starters yep. on defense? Yep. Um, I think their system is fine. It doesn't matter who's quarterback for them. It, they're going to be fine at that position. And they always have fantastic receivers. Um, I think they're stacked this year, and I think uh, they're going into the playoff. You want to close? You want me to go and you close? You it go out? ahead. Yeah. Um, so all right. So I wrote down Derek's got OSU, Arizona, Clemson, and Baylor. You spelled Clemson wrong. There's a P in there. Clemp. Yeah. Clemson after the M. Yeah. Um, mine differs a little bit because I I think Michigan State is going to finish number one overall. Because I, th I think you believe in Connor Cook. I do believe in Connor Cook. He's good. Uh, but I also they also have new uniforms. Um, Who doesn't have new uniforms? Everybody has new uniforms. Missouri does not have new uniforms. Texas Tech doesn't have new uniforms. Texas doesn't have new uniforms. Even the Nittany Lions got a uniform change. But anyway, um, change their is, face. is your mini pod going to be called? They changed their uniforms? face mask color. <laughs> no, they changed the they put Nittany Lions on the back of the helmet. Good God. All right. Um, He's making fists. <laughs> down with Oh, we're only about 45 minutes into this podcast yeah, right. at this point. Uh, I go Michigan State, USC. I think they finish one and two. Uh, I also think that they uh, play in the national championship against each other uh, or the playoff championship, whatever you want to call it. Um, I think, God, and this one was tough because I really wanted TCU to be better, but I do think Baylor is the cream of the crop, so I do have Baylor in there as well. Uh, and then I didn't know what to do on the last one. I really want Notre Dame to be there. I really, I really, really want them to be there. But I don't think Malik Zaire's as good as advertised. Uh, and but I think Auburn's going to show up out of the SEC and, and go in. I think in those games you're talking about, I, I think they go. I, I do think they beat. and they could. I just uh, it's so hard to college is the most difficult sport to pick. Like, Absolutely. Let's, let's make let's redo our picks six weeks in, and I bet we have a much clearer picture. All right. So we, we, there's a lot of crossover, I think, in in, uh, in my picks and your picks, and yeah. all, among all of our picks. But um, I think we've been kind of harping this USC thing. Um, I think they come out of the Pac-12 um, with Kessler having a Heisman season. Um, Ohio State. 
Ohio State is going to get through the Big Ten. I don't think that the Big Ten, while has much to offer really outside of Michigan State, um, Michigan might upset somebody at some point. But I think Ohio, I, I agree. With you mark there. my words. That's a big reason I think Ohio State gets through. Yeah. Mark my words. Only competition. Iowa will beat a top ten team this year. Iowa State. Iowa. Iowa State's beat Iowa like three seasons in a row or something like that. Third. We have, man, we gotta win one. And uh, so, so then uh, SEC. Um, I'm I, ACC. I, like I said, I think they're gonna go back to form where there's everybody has at least two losses, which I think two losses keeps you out of this thing. So I'm gonna go with Auburn. Uh, I think ACC. If you have one loss, you're probably out. Oh yeah, it's, right. It is seen as the the. Uh, Lesser of the conferences. I could see. I could see Clemson being one of the first couple left out. I think Notre Dame is the only one who could have one loss and get credit. And then, Notre Dame. and because they'll play USC, you know, if that's well. But you got to think Notre Dame plays an ACC schedule. Yeah, I know, and they so also have other hard I, I, th- I think Notre. I think Notre Dame goes into the ACC and just demoralizes it. So I got. I have Auburn out of the SEC. I think that they um, are going to be able to piece some things together, and then. Um, you guys both have Baylor out of the Big 12. I could see that. Um, I think that I think that uh, Baylor, while Baylor has a ton returning on defense, um, huh? what? I'm comparing our picks there. While ba- while Baylor has a ton returning on defense, TCU has a ton returning on offense. And the part of the uh, of the three phases that both those teams have to replace um, is the part where the coach, what? Oh yeah, nice. Just underlining similar picks on point number And and the half of the team that um, Baylor and TCU need to replace is their historical strength. So I think I think you've, it's basically a toss up in the Big Twelve between um, Baylor and TCU. And and call me a homer, fine, but I'm gonna go with TCU because the the game between the two is played in Fort Worth. Homer. Simpson. It's a home game, so you know that's. Hey man, I don't disagree with you. I think. Like I said, that, that's the toughest one to pick. I don't think anybody in their right mind picks anybody outside of TCU and Baylor, though. Right. I think OSU's like I said, I think OSU's gonna have a great year. But somebody could have something to say about that in yeah. the end. But there, I don't think anybody else. Yeah, and conference. we hang out with quite a few people who went to Kansas, and we just know better than to listen to anything people from Kansas have to say. But uh, worst state in the union. Worst state in the. They're not even. They shouldn't even be in the union. If it wasn't for the their railroad, reason, the only reason they're in it is because they're right in the middle of the freaking country. We have to, we have to. But that would make a great lake. <laughs> Who's your champ? Did you say? No, but I, I actually have the, the two teams you underlined as similar to other picks. I'm taking OSU over Baylor. Matt, I'm taking Michigan State over USC. And I'll take TCU over Ohio State. Now that was a homer pick. Once you get to the top four. <laughs> There are people picking Anything TCU. Can Anything can happen. They're starting the year second, right? I mean, it's not a bad pick. Okay. You guys are just what? I am agreeing with you. All right. I think that I think that's a viable outcome. All right. Coming up next on the Upper Deckers podcast, after we spent the last thirty plus minutes on college football, um, there's a trend in nursing homes, and Derek has the inside scoop. That's next.
They're coming. They haven't forgotten. Some bad things happen to some good teams. So they've reloaded. Their mission is clear. Their sights are set. No one is what they seem. This is your warning. They're looking for revenge. Get ready. They're gonna try to take what's ours. Are you ready? If you forget who I was, the big homie to you, there it is, there it was. Take a look through the eyes of a jig and just rock to the rhythm of a gangster Welcome back to the Upper Deckers podcast. I'm here with Drew and Derek. Filming from where are we? We're not filming. Well, we are filming. Recording. You don't know what I'm filming. Filming. Uh, we are recording at the Glass Half Full Tap House. God, he is so old. <laughs> uh, at Alamo Draft House in Richardson. Uh, you can also follow us at what is our tweet thing? At Upper Deckers Pod. In the past password is Upper. No. You usually stop me there. Anyway. Uh, or you can always email us. We love getting emails. Uh, UpperDeckersPod at gmail.com. We got a cease and desist from Mitch Moreland this last week. Yeah, yeah, he was really upset we put that on there. But Josh said anytime. Yeah, Josh said, I love your show, man. <laughs> really love North Carolina, Upper Deckers, just all of it. So, that's good. Anyway, uh, let's get into the nursing home occupancy debacle. Uh, don't know what's going on with it, but I tell you who does is Derek. Yes. Or does he? Did you find the article? Oh, that's my find. I had it. <laughs> pulling your chain. Yanking your chain, pulling your leg. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And yanking your sunglasses off your head. Oh, that's even worse, man. So, these according- are Oakley's. <laughs> I got these from Chode. So according to uh, the Wall Street Journal, a recent article um, dated August 11th, the occupancy rate for all senior housing in 31 major markets fell this spring for the second consecutive quarter. Um, nursing homes and, and kind of these like luxury... No, it's not because of death. It's uh, just because of people not wanting to live there. Interesting. But death, actually, that's a, a thing. Uh, that could be a, a reason, but I don't think it is. Not well, it, it's probably not happening to this reporter. You know what? You know what? I, you know what? I, my grandmother has lived in a nursing home uh, since February of nine, I'm sorry, February of 2000. Uh, so it's been 15 years now she's been in a nursing home. And the first couple of years, she hated it, and people were dying left and right. Uh, and you're right. This like Over the last two, three years... There just hasn't been anybody that's really come in. Yeah, so developers are obviously banking on baby boomers aging and retiring. Uh, and what they did, rather than uh, you know just kind of leave, le- leaving what they had or building more of similar structures, they're actually kind of building these luxury-type living um, resorts. Like assisted living or... Uh, it's not necessarily assisted. They're just like really nice. They look like, you know, like a five-star hotel almost type of place. But people really don't save the money to afford that. Um, and I guess according to the article, the supply of senior housing is expanding at a rapid clip. 
in many met major metropolitan areas. Um, and there's a lot of concerns that build builders are racing ahead of demand. I've seen that here even in Dallas, yeah. especially along uh, 190 over in like right on that border of Plano and Richardson. Mm -hmm. I think right over there, like Waterview turns into Independence. They have like three right there, right on that corner mm -hmm. uh, of these big living spaces. And actually, Dallas comes in at um, fourth in terms of uh, units under construction as the share of the current inventory at 17%. Uh, but the units under construction, they're first in the U.S. at uh, almost 1,700. You would expect... And they have 21 that are under construction at the moment. You would expect that to be happening in, like, Florida or something. Isn't that where people retire to? True, but I think... Yeah, were... but they buy land. They, they, they buy a... Yeah, they're actually just buying house. houses there That's to true. retire rather than going like to they a... have. Senior center. Yeah, they have like senior communities out there, which I think Dallas should do that too. But there's not. I mean, you know, there's no beach here. So, what's happening? Um, baby boomers aren't doing that. They're just well, living at there's, home. There's that, and also that they're not choosing to <coughs> live in these luxury style uh, senior living. They're tight wads. Well, I, think, I don't know if it's that, but I think that almost these developers thought there would be demand for this, and they were incorrect. I, I think it People has a lot... fine with what it was. I, I think it has a lot to do with, what, 10, 12 years ago when the economy started tanking? Those people that could have retired within the last 10 or 12 years are having to work mm -hmm. a little longer, and so it just kind of delays some things. Like, you know, and I it's also... It's like the Sesame Street thing. Yeah, I also, I also think... Uh, that it has something to do with you either have these luxury, high-end, expensive places you can live, or you have the exact opposite, these old dumps yeah. that nobody really wants to go into. And so people just say, you know what, I'd rather just die in my home. Well, and I think I think you brought up another point. I mean, maybe Drew, you said it, but, but these the baby boomers are living longer than they did. So when you're living longer, you're probably not going into a senior living facility at the same time someone of the generation before you did. Mm -hmm. So maybe uh, it's going to catch up eventually. But like at, it, it used to be at 60-something. Now yeah. it's at 70-something. Exactly. Yeah, like our parents, living longer. our parents are in their 60s. I mean, my mom's going to be 60 next year. Your dad just turned 60, right? And... Like, my grandmother, like I told you, she's been in the home for 15 years. Well, she went in when she was 62. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and you can't, I don't really see any baby boomers doing that. It's yeah. Gonna, they're going to be at that's, least in their 70s, maybe even later than that. That's like if, saying. If they even choose to want to go if, to it. If, if this was 15, 20 years ago, you're saying that your dad is two years away from going, two to three years away from going into a, into a nursing or senior facility? Extremely no. far because he's still working, you know? He yeah. hasn't even retired right. yet. Yeah, so. and he still came out and played trivia and drank 38 beers. And a half. 38 and a half beers. Yeah, the other half he... Uh... Poured out for his homies. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to keep track of this over the years to make sure that we uh, we know uh, what to invest in nursing home-wise. Yeah. On the horizon. I'm just going to hire a nurse. Nurse? Nope, definitely a nurse to come bathe me with sponges. Nice, dude. Where are you We're new? both going to be there. Okay. <laughs> All right, coming up next on the Epidecker's Podcast. It only podcast. works if you're with me in here.
We're going to hear about Matt's trip across Texas. But first, we have some friends to sit down with. So as you mentioned in the news, Sesame Street's making a big move. They are changing addresses, moving from PBS to HBO, and here to talk about the big change, we have Elmo and Cookie Monster. What's up, guys? <laughs> Hello. Hi, Derek. What's up, man? So, this has got to be a pretty big move. I mean, you guys have been on PBS for decades, I think. Uh, how are you uh, handling the move? Elmo is excited for a fresh start. Yeah, real, real excited to move. Lots of new people, new faces. Those, yeah. Those PBS assholes are, have a stick up their ass. Time for new cookies. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's interesting. HBO doesn't have a lot of real kid-friendly shows. I mean, how do you guys think you're going to fit in with the lineup that HBO currently has? You know, there's a lot of nudity on the channel and a lot of uh, cussing and, and violence. How does Sesame Street really fit into that? I really like Game of Thrones. Yeah. I like nudity. <laughs> yeah, I guess a lot of people do like nudity. What's, what's your favorite part about Game of Thrones there? Nudity. Oh, I'm a big, big fan of Khaleesi. She has great big cookie. <laughs> I want to do whatever it takes to eat cookie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, get that, cookie. I, what is... I don't know what you mean by cookie. I think you know what cookie. <laughs> okay, fine. Mm. I think I know what cookie means, but you I'm, know what cookie. I'm, I'm rather Elmo big shocked fan that of that asto. <laughs> yeah. Is Elmo all about that base? No trouble. <laughs> My voice doesn't sound like it, but give me that fat ass. <laughs> so you mentioned Khaleesi. I don't really. She's a human. I don't know. Do you date humans? Are you dating any of your castmates right now? Uh, trying to. Elmo, you know what? Letter of day is? No. C. C for ah, what? C for cookie, obviously, right? No, it's not C for cookie. C for cock block. Uh, what? C is for cock block, which Elmo does to me. No. Want to fuck Zoe, but Elmo dropped my blocked my D. <laughs> hey man, I just want to get high, play video games with my best friend. It's true, Elmo and I are very high right now. Oh, right now? Yeah. Did you guys toke it up in the parking lot? Lots of cocaine. Oh my god, the hard stuff. You guys ever done anything else? Like, you gotta stick to the cocaine and the weed. Remember that time we did meth? Uh, no. Oh, but willing to try again. Can you make me big meth cookie? <laughs> Anytime, cook. Well, guys, it's been an enlightening experience here, and I'm sure now that I know the true side, you guys are gonna fit in just fine at HBO. Are we on after real sex? I have yeah, no we. Idea. That's appointment watching. <laughs> well, thanks, Elmo. Thanks, Cookie. We'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye, Derek. <laughs> well, that was an interesting visit with our friends from Sesame Street and Freshly of HBO. Yeah, Cookie Monster tried to grab my junk when I walked away. <laughs> He was saying something about cookie. Yeah. No, that's not a cookie. <laughs> no, no, but he was trying to help you. Oh, try, yeah, okay, That's my, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're listening... gave me a fo- the phone number for his guy, so I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It means you should wipe your nose off. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Thanks. And you're listening to the Upper Deckers Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Upper Deckers Pod. Email us, UpperDeckersPod at gmail.com. And for our final segment of this episode of the podcast, Matt went on a trip across Texas. I will tell you right now that I know just about zero. Um, I, I held back. I didn't tell anybody anything. Yeah, I saved it for the podcast. In I, fact, I, I think I think last Thursday we were texting you while we were at trivia, and you were just like, "Yeah, whatever, man." You'll find out. You'll find out. Fuck you or something. I don't know. Were you, that cookie monster had my phone actually. Were you balls deep in a cookie? No, I was not. <laughs> and you'll find out uh, when we get into the story why Thursday I was not very responsive. Okay. It had nothing to do with drinking alcohol. All right, so but, so where all did you go? So Monday, I drove down to DeLeon, Texas, what? which is about, yeah, it's about two and a half hours and 40 years ago, uh, east of here, but it's real, it's, it's east? near, yeah, but southeast of here, Okay. Uh, just down 20, and then you take 16 to nowhere, uh, and then you turn right, and you're in DeLeon. Okay, what's uh, there, why was... So my friend Kelly lives uh, just outside of DeLeon in Duster, Texas. And Duster's in between DeLeon and Rising Star. Obviously, none of these, but yeah, right? What are these names? Exactly. But he's got, a house, he's got his, his properties out there, so uh, spent Monday out there and Tuesday out there with him and his wife, uh, stayed in the mobile home, and then we packed up the mobile home mon- or Wednesday and uh, started our adventure. Okay. And from there, where did you go? So, well, Monday and Tuesday, we still kind of adventured a little bit. We went uh, through Central Texas. So we went to, we kind of went around DeLeon, and there's not much there. Uh, they have three postmen. Uh, that's about it. And then... It's a town of what, a couple thousand? Maybe. 10, I, I saw four people. Uh, and then... <clears throat> one of them was a dog. Yeah, one, yeah, one of them was a weird-looking baby. Uh, then from DeLeon, we actually went to Dublin, Texas, which is kind of cool. Did you go Dr. Pepper thing? Well, we, we passed by it. We didn't go through the th- I don't drink soda, but... Yeah. Uh, Kelly's wife Dawn had got some Dublin Dr. Pepper. It looked different, I guess. Uh, yeah. But we went to the Dublin History Museum, uh, and this is when things really started getting cracked off. Uh, we went to the Dublin History Museum, and there's this lady that volunteers there who was way too excited to be running the Dublin History Museum. And so we walked in, and she had these other clients with her, and one of the women there was really hot. But uh, then the old lady started trying to corner us and talk to us about all this history of Dublin. Well, the history of Dublin can't really be that great, except for, like, Ben Hogan, and that's really about it. Right. So she's, like, walking us, walking around, and my buddy Kelly bumps into me. We're both trying to get away from her. He bumped into me, and then I got in front of him. Anyway, he got caught with the old lady. So the old lady was showing him, like, every single piece of any... Anything that somebody dropped off and said, hey, this is from Dublin, maybe. She's like, oh, I remember this. My granddaddy built this with his own hands. I don't know. She's a yeah. liar. And She's so... <laughs> so I'm walking around, and I see this, like, they've got this, the Ben Hogan room. Because he's from Dublin and whatever. They have him, like, tied up in there? Yeah, right? No, but they have, so they have all this golf stuff in there. And they've got a picture of Ben Hogan as, like, Ben Hogan's way. There's, like, this little room inside the Dublin Museum. And I was like, oh, this must be, like, all Ben Hogan's, like, equipment and stuff like that. No, none of it is. All that shit was just, like, pe- things people donated that like, were from Dublin. Like, like, 
Ben Hogan touched this. Yeah, Ben Hogan hit my seven iron one time, or whatever it was. But like, they have these, they had this set of golf clubs, and I was like, those are Ben Hogan's golf clubs. No, it's Sam McCullough. There's literally the tag on it said Sam McCullough had just dropped these off, and they were like, oh, let's put golf clubs in here. I quickly realized that this was just like a consignment store <laughs> that people just like threw random shit in. <laughs> And she was like, "Oh, this is this was thrown away in Dublin." And so we we ended up we got out, out of there digging through the trash at the truck stop. Yeah, right. So we got out of there pretty quick, and and, uh, and we we walked out. Kelly was pissed because we left him with that old lady. She she told him a story about how her father used to have to drive. I think it was to Heiko or Stevenville or something like that, just to go to their bowling league on Fridays, awesome. and that was like. They're the best part of their conversation. That's a big part of Dublin's history. Yeah, is driving away from Dublin to go bowl. <laughs> so then we in left H- there in Hico or whatever. Hico. Hico. So we left Hico. We went or we left Dublin to go to Hico. Uh, we were going to go to the Billy the Kid Museum. Okay. Uh, but we got there and the downtown area was pretty cool. And the Billy the Kid Museum, there wasn't a lot of parking near it. So we we're like, let's just go around downtown Hico. Uh, and so Kelly's pissed at us at this point because we stuck him with the old broad. At, at the Dublin Museum so I told him I said I'm going to make sure I talk more to the next person we run into so we go to this popcorn place in Heiko there was a hot there huh? there was a hot there yeah Yeah. and so I started talking but she's dumb as shit so we talk, start talking about pop, popcorn and we whatever I'm trying to ask her questions like, hey get her you know talk. when I go to Alamo I get, I get popcorn <laughs> popcorn's very good at Alamo Draft House and you get free refills uh, so anyway we left there we went to uh, this pie place called Coffee Cup Cafe. All, okay. All K's, by the way. Oh. Yep. Uh, great pie. It's like an old school diner where you walk in and you just get you get pie and a cup of coffee. Any just black sit. people? Uh, I didn't see a single black person on my trip. Really? Yep. Wasn't until I got back to Fort Worth and got stuck in traffic that I saw a black person. Wow. Yeah. So then we, we left Heiko. Well, we, we don't went, play that. Yeah, right. We went to Stephenville. Um, we went to the Walmart in Stephenville to get stuff for our trip. And it's back to school. It was back to school week uh, for Tarleton State. Uh, so I enrolled in some classes because there was a lot of ass in Walmart. <laughs> it was glorious. Okay, now, now was it... In your second bachelor's? Yeah. Was it Walmart ass or was no, it, it was Tarleton, ass ass? It, it was Tarleton State ass. Okay. Hillers? They were just buying... Stuff for their dorms. Tarleton State again? It's it's in Stephenville. That's like southwest of Fort Worth, right? Southeast. Southeast. Southwest. Sorry, sorry. Southwest. This whole thing's screwed up. It's west, southwest. I don't know directions. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we we kind of went around Tarleton State a little bit. Uh, went back to DeLeon, and then Wednesday, we got in the RV. We were driving up to the uh, Hillbilly Haven RV Park. Uh, okay. In, in Millsap, Texas. Where's Millsap? Uh, it is just straight Place above Stephenville, just off of 20. Okay. And so we... Place we the Hawks. Yeah. Ronnie Millsap. So we got there, set up our RV. We get, you know, everything. We get the awning put out, get chairs, get the grill out. We get ready to go. Uh, and this Chihuahua, Chihuahua, walks up from the river because it's right on the Brazos River. Walks up from the river, and he's got like this long scar on his face. He's like obviously beaten up, and he's got a rock in his mouth. 
and he's carrying his rock as his new treat. And he gets back to his little like perma home for like the people that live in their RVs. And he's just like sits there and stares at us while he's sharpening his teeth on this rock. Sharpening his teeth. Yeah, he wasn't chewing on it. He was just like rubbing his teeth on it. It's hardcore. Yeah, it's hardcore, bro. Cookie Monster would get along with him. So he ends up walking over to our camp, and we're all just kind of like, we're all dog people. We're just kind of looking at him like, hey, buddy, what's going on? The rock's still in his mouth. He hadn't made a single sound. He gets, he gets right in front of us, turns around, faces the other direction, and shits right in our camp. Hell yeah. And then hey. walks away. And as he's walking away, he like looks over his shoulder at us. <laughs> Like get out of my get out of my home. Like, yeah. Do you like to look at my? So asshole? we didn't we didn't see him, we didn't see him the rest of Wednesday night, and we had a good time. Whatever Thursday we decide we're gonna go tube the Brazos. Okay. So we get our tubes and they take us down this creepy road where we thought we were gonna die. Uh, it's just in like this old bus that was out of registration by like seven years. And it's just old guy named Dave who had a had a like ponytail and his shirt didn't fit right. And, He's a like sixty-year-old trucker and missing eight teeth. It was really weird. And so he gets us up there. He hands us our tubes. And he's like, "All right, well, see you later." I'm like, "All right, thanks for telling us anything about the river." And he's like, "Oh yeah, um, don't drown." When you see the sandbars, go left, left, right. I'm like, okay, easy enough. See a sandbar, go left on the first two. So we get in the river. We're floating around. He's like, "It'll be four to five hours before you get done." Cool. It's two o'clock be back perfect time for the ranger games so we start floating the river about an hour into it we're hammered well yeah and we're just pissing on ourselves and drinking and smoking and whatever uh and then the next hour just kind of flies by and we're like this is really cool and we'd lost everybody that was in front of us because we were spending most of our time drinking and so then all of a sudden you lost them because they were going faster they were going they're their idea was to finish tubing. Our idea was to get drunk. Right. So they won. So two and a half Didn't hours in. We both in, won, right? Well, yeah, we both won. But then we quickly lost because two and a half hours in, we get to this first sandbar, or what we think is the first sandbar. He said left, left, right for these sandbars. There's 48 sandbars. Like, they're everywhere. Uh, and so we, did, we were like, I think this is where we're supposed to go left. No, this one's where we're supposed to go left. We get to the point where we're no longer floating the river. Our butts are dragging on the bottom of the river because it's only ankle deep. Yeah. So we had to get up and, like I said, hammered. Just absolutely beyond control hammered. Sunburn. We have to pick up our tubes and just start walking. And then we get back in our tubes and then start walking again. So we finally get to a point. We're exhausted at this point. We're three and a half hours in. We don't see anybody anymore. We get down and we find a good current. We're like, all right, let's tube. Back in our tubes, we can current out of this. And we get back on them, and not 30 seconds into tubing it, my tube gets caught on a tree line and pops. Oh. Sending me down into the current underwater, and my foot gets caught in a tree at the bottom, shreds my ankle. Like my ankle turned, twisted, all you can do, and it's holding me underwater. And so, like, Kelly pulls me out of the water. I get up. I don't have a tube at this point. Our cooler has a tube. Don and Kelly have tubes. I got nothing. I don't have shoes on anymore. I'm just, I'm struggling. I'm bitching and moaning, yelling, screaming. I'm like, this isn't a, this isn't a river. This is a creek. And it's just, it's just unbearable. Yeah. So we had to walk the next, like, two miles. Jeez. 
in water, on sand, in water, on sand. It's getting dark at this point. We have no idea where we are because we haven't even gotten close to our camp yet. They haven't sent a search party. And I found a cool walking stick, but then as we started walking, I was like, just save yourselves. Like, I'll just stay here and be cast away, and y'all are going to come back and find me. And I'm just going to be like, I found fire. Even though I had cigarettes and a lighter, like it was just uh, not that big a deal. You, you would have found fire. I definitely would have found fire. You found so, it right here. Hey, found so, fire. So we get to the end, and we can see our camp. And we get to the end, and we start. And we're, so we're walking. We're on a sandbar. And then we get and then a little bit of water. It's like ankle deep. Then it starts to get about calf deep. And I'm like, my legs are dead at this point. When we were tubing, we were still having to swim. It's like my whole upper body's exhausted, drunk, dehydrated, the whole thing. And so we're starting to walk. And we can see the shoreline where we need to get to. And then the water gets so deep that we have to swim the next bit of the way. And I'm just like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me, ever. And I'm still dragging this, or Dawn. I mean, she's the Swiss human Swiss army knife. She's been dragging our cooler tube and my broken tube. And I'm like hobbling through these sandbars. Kelly threw his Crocs away. So the moral of the story is fuck Do not tube the Brazos. So we get back. <clears throat> we, I, we throw our shit away. We had been on the river for seven hours. It's dark. We missed the whole Ranger game. We're pissed. We're, we feel horrible. We cooked some delicious chicken wings. Yes. And then the guy that like runs the whole thing comes over. His name's Paul. And he never wears a shirt. And he always rubs his belly when he talks to you. And so, <laughs> we, so he's just standing. We call him Paul Belly Rubber. And so he's just standing there, and he's like, so how'd it go? We're like, Don and Kelly were like, oh, it was good. And I was like, fuck you, man. <laughs> Screw you. I hate you. I didn't really say that, but I was just like, it's, it was horrible. I almost died. Yeah. And then I wanted to die. Yeah. And then when I got back, I was like, I should have just died. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that was Thursday, which is probably why I wasn't very text responsive Thursday. Right. So I took my took my shorts off and you know I was changing clothes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. This is where it gets real interesting. Cookie. And then rocks finally just started falling out of like crevices of my body from dragging on the ocean bottom. They, say it, they, say it say it slower. They fell out of my bottom. This rock started falling out to my bottom slower. Hey, that's okay. So we get so we're hanging out, and, and you know we I took all my wet clothes off and I let them outside so they could dry. And uh, I wasn't naked; I had clothes on, Drew. And I put dry clothes on and put all the wet ones outside. So Friday morning, we're getting ready to pack up because I'm like, this vacation's fucked. I'm ready to go back to Dallas. I can't wait. <coughs> I walk outside, and that stupid little dog. Shit in my clothes. <laughs> you were that dog's bitch. Yeah. Shat all over my clothes. <laughs> was it at least solid? It was solid. Okay. Uh, but that wasn't even the worst thing that happened to me on this trip. Oh, okay. The worst thing that happened to me, Kelly and I are sitting outside uh, at his house watching the Ranger game outside. And it's in the dark and you know we're just sitting there drinking, having, you know, having a good time. And something falls from the ceiling and hits me in the leg. I was like, I wonder what that was. So I pulled out the flashlight. It was a wolf spider. A what? A wolf spider. What's a wolf spider? It's it's a, it's a spider that's about that big around. Shit. Okay. And they travel in packs like wolves. I guess. I don't know. I'm making that up. But it's pretty big. 
And so we freaked out. So Kelly gets up and steps on it and kills it. And then we start talking about it. I'm obviously like... You're rattled. I told him, I said, if I see another fucking spider, I'm in that RV, I'm back in Dallas, I'm done with this vacation. So not 10 minutes later, we we put the flashlight on because we're going to go change and get in the pool and the hot tub and hang out. And we shine the light where the dead spider is and his brother shows up just hanging out looking at it. And now we're incriminating because now his brother's pissed. So we're like, we got to kill his brother, otherwise he's going to attack us. Yeah. So we killed his brother. But then I made friends with a spider. His name was Jim. Jim? Yeah. And he made this huge web on a rose bush. And so I used to catch, I was catching grasshoppers, like Wednesday morning and throwing them into his net. Yeah. Uh, And then I got, I think I pissed Jim off because I threw a grasshopper in and it went straight through the web and destroyed his whole web. Yeah. And we came back Friday and he wasn't there. But I haven't unpacked my bag yet, and I think, I think yeah, I think that Jim might be in my bag. Yikes! But uh, plotting, yeah, plotting to kill me. We went to when we went to Hillbilly Haven. Uh, if you had to number two, if you had to deuce deuce, you had to go to the Hillbilly Haven RV park bathroom. Okay. Because uh, you're not shitting in the RV. Now, because this, like this bathroom has to be one of the nicest in the world, right? This bathroom. Let me tell you about this bathroom. <laughs> There's a men's side and a women's side. They both have a toilet and a shower and a couple of sinks. So you can legitimately go in. It's got electricity, so it's got lighting. Uh, it's got a closed door. Uh, yeah, you can read a book. You can hang out, be nice and comfortable, peaceful. Um, that's what I thought, right? But when you walk in, uh, you walk into just spider webs. It's just all over the place. Um, you sit down on a toilet that feels like you're going to fall through the very crappily made wooden floor. Uh, you're sitting on a toilet that's not in air conditioning, so it's like lukewarm. And just like your ass immediately starts to sweat. It's like a sauna. It's like, yeah, you're shitting in a sauna. Yeah. And if you look directly ahead, there's two sinks, and then there's holes in the wall where the plumbing goes out. And they didn't really think to like cock over the glory holes the, the, the holes it looks like two glory holes that spiders fuck through because there's just spider legs pointing out of all of them so I'm sitting there and at this point I'm like half turned well at least at least yeah, no so at least so, so, at so least you, you got scared shitless right right exactly so I had to pull up the seat to make sure no spiders were in there yes very unspider friendly don't like them don't like seeing them don't like being around them don't like much about them at all so I'm just staring. Don't want one crawling up. Ever. Don't want one inside my bunghole. No. Whatever. So I'm looking at all these spiders over here, and Kelly's like, I think they're dead. And I'm like, I don't care. I'm like screaming at them through the wall. And so no spider no spider attacks in the bathroom. Getting ready to wipe. On the TV. Ready to wipe. I'm ready to get them out of here. Pull the roll of toilet paper. You know how you grab the roll of toilet paper? It's not like on the roll. Like you have to pick it up from the back of the toilet and you like you just put your fingers in and roll suck my fingers in I was like what the (laughs) spider hanging out in the middle of the toilet roll threw it straight across into the sink just and it's the the sink's probably 15 feet away just straight get out of here kill it with fire so I don't want didn't have anything didn't have fire didn't have phone nothing 
So I go back, grab another roll of toilet paper, and like shake the shit out of it. Not literally, not literally shit it, but I shook it to make sure there's no spiders getting in my butthole. So I, so I wipe real quick. I did like a quick wipe. I get done, uh, and I was like. No, I did not ace. Yeah, you, uh, that I was the instance where the yeah, ace was going No, because we had eaten crappy food. We'd just eaten a pie place the day before. So it was very wet and moldy. And so... Moldy? Because of, of the it. toilet. At, the, at this point, not, you hold it. Couldn't hold it anymore. Been holding it for a day. It was time to go. It was either that or shit in the river the next day. That wouldn't have been a bad idea. <laughs> You'd think so, but the river's so shallow that I would have just been floating in my own shit. Hey. Much better than getting stung by, room, by you know? yeah, right? So I, I was like, well, let me go look at this shower. Maybe I want a shower in there because, you know, why not? The bathroom was so butt nice. Shower. I want to get my butt clean. Who needs to wipe when you can have a butt Absolutely. shower? Hey, it's called a... Uh, a bidet. A bidet. It's, like a, it's a man bidet. So I go open the like curtain. I turn the light on in the shower area. There's just like, just covered in just bugs. We took bug spray in with us. Like I'm, I'm so much of a pussy that I made Kelly go in and bug spray before I went in to take a shit. And I open the shower and the floor is all like crusty and like coming up and like it's all beat to hell. I legitimately ran out of that shower, like out of the bathroom. I ran. Yeah, like Usain Bolt beat Justin Gatlin by .01 the other day to win the world championship. I kicked Usain Bolt's ass running out of that bathroom. <laughs> so then I get out, and Don and Kelly are standing there, and uh, I was—I told them the, this horrendous story. And Don goes, oh, you should have used the women's bathroom. It was real nice. And I was like, I'm going to kill all of you. Like, <laughs> like if, I had, if I had eaten a T-bone earlier, I would just shank everyone <laughs> here. Like, it was, it was, it was awful. Then we got, we got back, and I'm sore and just couldn't move. And we got back to Dallas, and we played soccer that night. Went home. I left left my bag in the car. You slept all day Saturday. So, I, no, I didn't. But, but listen, and this is why. I get into my room, and I like, laid, I, like, lay down in bed, and I was like, something's missing. And I had left my pillows in the motorhome that's now in DeLeon. So, I didn't have any pillows. Oh, and so I slept, I didn't sleep really at all Friday night. And Saturday I went to buy pillows so I could actually sleep. It took me three days to recover just physically from that trip. Sounds like something you'll never do again. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it again, but I would do it with the same people because we had a great time. Yeah. Uh, we, had a, we had a fantastic time. I hope I see that dog again. Like you're gonna shit on it. it. No, I think I'm gonna keep it because that dog's a fucking badass. That dog is a badass. He shit in my clothes. Like Taco Bell chihuahua. He, I don't know, but he shit like actually where my butt would touch <laughs> the back of my underwear. He knew. Like that's where he shit. He knew. He knew exactly what he was doing. He's he's like, if my first warning sign didn't tell you to get away, the dog's my hero. This is my next warning. And is a chihuahua. Like the least intimidating dog out there. Yeah, right? It's just tiny. But he's got like a scar all the way down. <clears throat> like Omar. Just literally, he's like Omar. <laughs> he's he's the, just the Chihuahua Omar. A Chihuahua Omar, and he's sharpening his teeth on this rock. His name probably was Omar. Yeah. Omar's probably. coming. Omar's coming. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Paul Belly Rubber's just like, oh, you guys have a good time. You Paul Belly Rubber. <laughs> you Polo. Sit down, Polo. <laughs> Sit the fuck now, Polo. So 
So anyway, yeah, that was my trip across Central Texas. Uh, I'm hoping to make a West Texas trip uh, at the end of September, so hopefully I can tell you guys all about that scenario. With fewer spiders. Uh, definitely fewer spiders, but uh, hey, the lesson a we lot. All I'm bringing my own toilet <laughs> That's paper. That's what I was saying. Bring your own TV. <laughs> Bring your own toilet paper, man. You don't know. I was you. like fucking Joe Namath in there with that thing, too. It was a tight <laughs> spiral. Went straight across. You know when you throw toilet paper, it like unravels a little bit? And like you can, sometimes it just like makes this roll and it unravels. Nope, tight, tight spiral. <laughs> Got there all in one piece. Uh, that about does it for us. Uh, thank you to Matt for his wonderful storytelling. Thank you for, thank you to Derek for his uh, research on old people homes. Um, I support the old people. Absolutely, we oh, all it might do. Be dangerous behind the wheel. <laughs> <laughs> But they do serve a purpose. <laughs> yeah. We covered a handful of and topics. Thanks to Drew for his uh, TCU homer pick and his uh, college football excellence. And just his overall being a producer. Thanks, Matt. So this was my last podcast. It was nice knowing you guys. What? Oh. Last podcast for August. For August. For August. It was yeah. nice being in August with you guys. Yeah. All right, well, that about does it for us. We'll try to do better the next time. Until that time, thanks, boys. Mm-hmm. My shoulder still hurts. <laughs>